Hello, and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your host, Tyler W. Moore and Christopher Strong. With special guest, David Wayne Young. Yes, welcome to the show, everybody. I am Tyler. And I'm Chris. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Patrick Warburton. That's right. I'm here for... uh... For some fun and for some pizza, I hear somebody ordered some. And some spinach puffs. And, of course, uh, our other special guest, um, uh, Morgan Freeman. I can't do that one. Hello. Oh. Hello, (laughs) good to be on the show. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. I've been waiting so many episodes for you boys to ask me to be on. (laughs) And, and And our other guest, me... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg, yes, welcome, welcome <laughs> uh, Movies are uh, the fundamental foundation of life And, um, yes mm, Yes, that's very yes. good, Steven mm. <laughs> <laughs> And we also have David Wayne Young with us Hey, that's me I, I only Man, just we have, fi- we have six people on this whole On six people on this whole episode <laughs> That's right <laughs> I'm actually close um, personal so yeah, friends with. This, uh, okay. Sorry. Okay. I was gonna say how I'm <laughs> close personal friends with uh, Stephen, and that's how he got on the show. <laughs> Shut up! We're done with that. Okay. And look, they left. Okay, let's move on. All right. Yeah, <laughs> they all collectively walked out the door. Crazy <laughs> how that happened. Uh, anyway, so yeah, today we're talking about Disney movies, and uh, not just any Disney movies, but the three of us uh, picked what uh, we could describe as our favorite ones, or at least one of our favorite ones. And uh, we, uh, we're we going to talk about them today in uh, the order of their release. So Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, which was mine, Mulan, which was Chris's, and The Emperor's New Groove, which was David's. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> yep. What's, what's, what's like your experience with that? Like, let's start with like, your experience with it. Y- y- funny enough, I went in a circle with this movie. When this came out, I, I saw it in theaters... I loved it. I like. I got like every single hunchback piece of merchandise I could. Yeah, like th- this was kind of like this was like right alongside Toy Story. And then uh, I think like I watched it sometime in like before middle school or something, and I was like, "Oh, this movie's gay," and I uh, uh, so I stopped liking it for a while. And then I, after I got out of high school, I watched it again. And I I love this movie. <laughs> I love it. That's kind of funny that like you had that kind of experience with the movie because whenever I was younger, I also thought that this movie was really stupid. And I thought that was really stupid until like a couple years ago, and I finally saw the whole movie. Mm. I only saw like in like bits and pieces. Like all I had ever seen was like the um, the Festival of Fools bit, mm. and like uh, I don't remember what the other. I don't know what the other part was anymore, but I, maybe it was the gargoyle stuff, but I thought this yeah. was just a dumb looking movie. And so I never really watched it very much. I think it actually might've been you talking about it a few years ago where I was like, Hey, you know what? I should give this another try. And I did. I'm glad I did. And, uh, that's my, that's pretty much my experience of it. How about you, David? Well, funnily enough, um, my experience with it was always a positive one, except for mm-hmm. one little thing that I realized as I was watching it, earlier this week it is not the movie that you can fall asleep to and i'll tell you why (laughs) 
I'll tell you. I, I started telling you this before, but then I held it because I was like, I just, I have to savor this. It is by far, and of course, it's very romantic sounding, very gothic and beautiful, and you know, just everything's like, you know, dialed up ten notches, even the music. Oh, yeah. And realizing this, as you're trying to fall asleep to it, you realize that all of these, like, gothic choirs soaring over like these like colorful bright like scenes and everything you can't fall asleep to shit so yeah dude so no so you brought up music david and i think that this one is probably like the best disney musical like collectively just every single song is like almost every song is really really great the only one that i don't like and i'm sure all three of us probably share this opinion and we can probably get into it after we talk a bit about music. Um, is the the uh, the gargoyle song "A Guy Like You" is the one I hate. <laughs> yeah, I can I can honestly I can I can agree with the point that the music's really great and the gargoyle song mm-hmm. kind of awful. I don't agree with the point on the music, and we can discuss that later on. We get that certain movie that has, in my opinion, the the stronger music. Okay. So, I'm just going to say right out that um I think that the gargoyle bit is is more iconic now of the type of Disney movie that we see where, you know, yeah, yeah like you've got these um, you know, it, it, whether it be gargoyles or trolls or what have you, like there's always some seeing short stunted non-human thing that's you know, like Oh, bro. It's true. And it, like, it starts dude, talking dude, about dude, the protagonist. Like, you, you saying that, <laughs> you saying that um, reminded me, uh, I love Frozen. Yeah. But, like, there's the one song that sucks ass in it is the stupid um, Fixer Upper song. Yeah. Everybody's a bit of Fixer Upper. Yeah. That song sucks dick. And, well, like, the other it, problem with that it, song is that it's just, it's just, like, it's, like, a plot stopper. It's, like, these people here aren't listening to, like, what they're trying to say, and you're, like, this is so frustrating to listen to them. Yeah. And you're just trying to like move the the plot along, and it's it's yeah. it's stand it's a standstill. To, to get on the good side of music again, like I think that out there and Hellfire, like the like oh. the best, um, like like the best songs of the movie. I like out there a little bit more than Hellfire, but like in in terms of vil- of a villain song, that one's fucking great. Absolutely, yeah. Hell, Hellfire. Oh, sorry. Hell, Hellfire is like is always in that you know, top uh, villain song from Disney. It's almost always up there. If it's not there, then they're wrong, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's, it's not very often where you see a a villain is loved so much in a film, except in a lot of of Disney films uh, accomplish that so well where the villain is so lovable, basically. And it's weird to say that. <laughs> so, so hateable that yeah, like, oh, you yeah, love him. Yeah. yeah, you love to hate him. He's the he's the absolute perfect villain for this movie. I, I definitely want to come back around to that since we were getting ready to get on to the gargoyle thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I we were debating this last night where, because like the, the gargoyles feel like they're out of a completely different movie. Be, and I, I, I'm guessing it's because... Like, this is probably one of the darkest, like, Disney movies, and definitely of, like, the like the Disney Renaissance era, for sure. So, like, I, I'm guessing, like, they, they probably were not there to begin with, 
or like they had a smaller role and then someone was like no this is this is this is too much you have to put those gargoyles in there more make them uh, silly and uh, <laughs> like they're just they're just they're too silly for this movie they're the comic relief it's a shakespearean you know put together when you think about it like uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern all of a sudden like thrown into here exactly yeah like you have to you I don't know. You have to realize that with a there, lot well, there, of there's, there's still there's still like there's still lines that work. Like this is too much. Like, oh yeah, sure, just... sure, sure. I'm just saying. I think that you. Like, I, I understand. Developers... I understand the point. And like the, the thing, the thing that would have fixed it, by the way, is like I, I was I was talking to him yesterday about like how if I, uh, if I made like a fan edit of this movie, I all I would do is I'd cut out their stupid fucking song, and I would. Just I would cut out all the shots where they interact at the end, because then if you do that, they're just in his head, and that's perfect. Actually, that's exactly what I was gonna say later. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense that they should be like in his head because he is so lonely up there that he yeah. has now invented these imaginary friends, and they're they they kind of represent his like consciousness and like you know yet the the like. One of them's like, you know, they're trying to tell him like, hey, do the right thing. And then yeah. he's trying to fight against that the whole time. And it's, it's, I think it's beautiful. Right. But then, then they start like doing their little silly stuff and you're like, okay. Yeah, great, they start they start doing armpit farts and. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the birds are attacking them. Dude, um, there, there's, there's one, like the most heinous part of the fucking gargoyles <laughs> is like, it's right before their song. One of them saying like, "Oh, Quasi, you're the cute one," and uh, the one played by fucking uh, George Costanza <laughs> is um, uh, says, I, "I thought I was the cute one," and the other one responds, "No, you're the fat, stupid one with a big mouth." It's like, okay, yeah. So like, you know, the the theme is supposed to be <laughs> how looks don't matter, and uh, you know, it's what inside that counts. What's inside that counts? But uh, you know, let's yeah, let's, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and do that, huh? Throw in another put down. Why don't you? Yeah. So they totally named the horse Achilles just to make the Achilles heel joke, right? <laughs> I... Yes. I'm so dumb. I was watching that and thought, huh, that's weird. He talks to it like a dog. And I never thought about the Achilles heel thing. I thought, wow, that's really, really weird that he would choose a Greek name in a, in a French city. And I was just thinking about that the entire time. Just like, oh, that's so weird. And I never, ever thought Achilles heel. <laughs> so here's a question for you guys. Have either one of you ever read the original Hunchback no. story? David, have you? No. Would you like to hear a summarized version of it? Yes. No. <laughs> wow, just shut that down. Huh? <laughs> so... It's very similar to the movie up to the point where um, they save uh, Esmeralda together. Uh, uh, What was his name? Phoebus? Phoebus. 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 Yeah, yeah, Phoebus. Phoebus. So Quasimodo and Phoebus both liked Esmeralda. Frollo actually kills Phoebus in the original story. He didn't come back or anything like that. Quasimodo saves Esmeralda one time from Frollo. Um, I forgot what it was. Frollo tricked Frollo then tricked Quasimodo into leading him to Esmeralda, if I'm not mistaken. He hangs Esmeralda without Quasimodo knowing about it. Quasimodo finds out about it, kills Frollo, 
goes down, picks up her dead, picks up Esmeralda's dead body. They, he goes into, uh, some cave or whatever and dies of starvation holding her dead body. And when they tried to separate the two bodies, cause they're just skeletons, her body just disintegrates into dust. Well, at least he didn't <laughs> die of something else. At least he died of starvation. I would have worried about the whole, like, you know, cannibalism thing. <laughs> Running off. That's in a why cave there's only bones and, there. Yeah. <laughs> well i mean she could just be a part of me forever yeah <laughs> it's not um, uncommon yeah that's that's it's very interesting the way that disney can take these very very dark stories and move them into a children's genre like i i remember like watching this as a kid and that uh the like the festival of fools like coming to a close with like everyone throwing tomatoes at him and like throwing the ropes around his neck and like I remember that being brutal as hell and it still is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that's that's dark. Yeah. And I wondered Ooh. too it like, you know, specific directions in like the art. Um like for example, like yeah. everything goes red when um when Quasimodo's getting tied up and you know like even the sky which was like crystal blue, like all of a sudden it's it's red and he's covered in tomatoes which I felt was, you know, kind of drawing like an allusion to like the earlier story, which I assume he was like beaten until he was bloody or something. So like, I think that that's oh, where, sure. I think that's where they draw the line is, you know, they'll like lead to some sort of euphemism for the alternative truth that happened. Right. I mean like the, just the, the art direction in general here is like, it's some of the best of this era. Like the color orange is so ugly, <laughs> but like it's used so well here. Like this, like when I think of this movie, I think of the color orange. That's that's funny. I was actually about to make the exact same point. Yeah, that the color orange and especially uh, red is used um, to great extent. Right. And yeah, yeah, like they uh, they yeah, the art direction they was just was wonderful. It's yeah, it's a, it's one of the movies that you should definitely study if you want to look at uh, how lighting and animation uh works sure oh yeah yeah um so, so okay I, I i brought this up earlier that um i had been watching this on vhs like the one i got when i was a kid Gay. uh like for forever <laughs> and recently i i uh i added up all my disney points <laughs> on uh disney the disney rewards movie rewards club <laughs> and i i got this one i got a i got a blu-ray for free and it came with the first and second one. Uh, throw the second one's disc out. And uh, ah. <laughs> so we were watching it the first time I was seeing it in Blu-ray. And I was like, man, there's like a lot. Like, you know, obviously it's a it's a huge jump from VHS to Blu-ray in terms of quality. So it's like, oh, man, there's all these details I never saw before. There was like a bunch of shots with like really cool, like, like haze in the air. And like, it looks really awesome. And then I, I, I noticed other little details uh, such as the um, the crowd scenes um, in the front, they'll usually have like traditionally animated characters, but in the background, just to fill up space, they would um, put CG characters. <laughs> this was uh, what ninety six, ninety seven, <laughs> so uh, they look really horrible. Oh no! It's funny. It's funny that you say you notice details when it's more like a lack of details. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess maybe it's good details, I suppose. I wondered how something in high definition like that would have like held up because I just I'm gonna be honest with you, when I rented it this week, I rented it like standard definition. I was like, that's what I grew up with. This is what I'm doing. 
maybe Blu-ray might be too far maybe for this one. <laughs> I think I think it's fine. Just, like just because the faces. <laughs> I think it's. I think my. I think my eyes are just kind of drawn to like everything. I think if I never pointed that out to anyone, no one else. Because like you guys weren't noticing it until we, I watched it with Chris and Beth, and like they didn't notice it until I said something. And unfortunately, it's one of those things where once you notice it, though, you cannot unnotice it. So thank you very much, Tyler. You have now ruined my viewing experience of Hunchback. So, uh, yeah, is that, I mean, is that it then? We're down to Jamie ratings for this one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, 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 I find it really hard. I, I, I could not give this a nine. Like, I love this movie in spite of its, like, very small faults. So... I, I'm giving it a 9.8. 8.5. I think I will have to give it a 9. Um, it's a very fun part of my childhood, except for when it kept me up. So <laughs> um, It loses a point for because you can't sleep, to, because you can't fall asleep to, while watching it. That's the big problem. Also, the gargoyles was a good point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to Chris's movie next, Mulan. Mulan. Okay, so my, here's my experience with Mulan. I saw Mulan twice in theaters when I was younger. The first time was like to actually go see it on purpose. The second time, there was a field trip to go see a movie, and what was out that time was Mulan and the uh, Madeline. The Madel- Madeline, what's that? What's that thing called? Something movie. It was like the live action of like this like French uh, children's show. Oh yeah, Madeline. It's really, st- yeah, Madeline. Yeah, that was those are both at the same time, and the option was go see Mulan or go see that thing. And my friends and I were like, "This is this is some garbage right here." We're gonna go see Mulan, which is a much better movie, and I made the right decision that day. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen Mulan at least like maybe once, once a year at the very least. Um, for me, last time I saw this was about a decade ago. So I've, I, I knew like the broad strokes of the story, but like, I, 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 I pretty much, I, I felt like I was getting a fresh viewing here because I saw it, I saw it about 10 years ago. I don't remember how it must've been on TV or something. Um, but like, I wanted to see it when I was a kid. Um, but I, no one would take me to see it cause it was a girl movie. <laughs> oh, that is, that is so sad. Yeah, it's because it's because it's because it has a girl in the main as the main character, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. a girl movie, right? Yeah, that makes no. That's <laughs> stupid. I, yep. I, I hate I yep. hate that so much. I hate that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> coming Tyler now. I'm getting all women can't be stuff. strong characters, man. No, I I don't I don't think it was like oh women can't be strong characters is like oh if we take him to a girl movie he's gonna be gay. Oh that yeah, there's always well, that argument too. <laughs> well, you lose, mom and dad. Bring those dicks on. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this movie has. Hey, let, let let David tell his. Oh, oh, that's oh. Right, but the David's still oh, talking. Go I ahead, thought, ahead, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yours. I thought we were going to continue with yours. Okay. Um. So I watched it once in theaters. Didn't care a bit for it. I was like, okay, well, this is so. Uh, I like. I was just like, this is some Asian movie. Like, I don't give a fuck. Is some Asian chick, and like the, you know, one of the songs was like about her self-reflecting. Like I don't give a shit. And the only thing that I liked about it was Mushu. The very first time I ever watched it, I was like, "Well, Mushu saved it." Like I, I can give this probably like four Jamies when I was like, you know, 
however old I was when <laughs> yeah, I that's saw what, it. That's what you said back then. Yeah, I, I was like, well, if if Jamie Zinn was my measurement for watching this, you know, for the first time, I would say four. But um, four, four Jamies. Yeah. Yeah, four Jamies. Uh, and so, I think I rewatched it finally in junior high for the first time and i don't know when or where or who with but i do remember thinking wow this is this is really fun this is really awesome and you know as soon as i started getting hooked on it was when everyone else in my school would start like doing stuff like the um the we are men song you know like in class And, like, I was like, oh, that's so fucking cool. I want to sing that song in class. So I learned all the words to it. And, you know, I just, I was obsessed afterward. But, you know, yeah, for the first time, I didn't care for it. And I don't know why. I just wasn't interested. So to, to, to bring back a point you made earlier. So I'm, I'm guessing when you were like, oh, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a better, there's, there's a better Disney musical. Were you talking about Mulan? I was, in fact, talking about Mulan. You see... Because, like, the only songs I really like in this movie are the the Be A Man song and the, the Reflection song. Like, that's that's pretty much it. No, I mean, I, got, I have all the songs on my phone right here. Hmm. I'll Make a Man Out of You is usually voted as, like, one of the number one uh, songs to get stuck in your head. Sure, <laughs> it's sure. super easy to get stuck in there. Well, the, like, the, the beginning of it is... Like the let's get down to business. Like that's like the like the, the catchiest part. Yeah, yeah. So this movie has one of the greatest shots of all time in uh, shots or sequences of all time in any Disney movie. I can say this with absolute certainty where the Hun army is coming down the mountain. It is one of the coolest and most frightening sequences in a Disney movie. Just because the sheer number of these uh, warriors coming down there to basically slaughter, they would be slaughtering the uh, group that Milan is in. And, uh, you know, it actually worked because they kind of figured out the whole CG thing by then. Oh, yeah. What was really interesting was that they were showing how they essentially um, uh, put the, like, the kind of like uh, how they, uh, um, go to was like how they kind of like, they, they matched up. A bunch of little uh, beads rolling down a like a slope, and they just kind of like put all the characters, like the, all the different uh, Huns, onto there, and it, and it mm. works so well. This is just like they're just rolling down the mountain, and they just, they just attached them to that thing, and it just tracked with those, and it was it it it, it looks great, it looks perfect. Cool. Um, they they kind of matched sort of like sort of that scene in the Kingdom Hearts Mulan sequence. <laughs> My own. Not, not as effectively and that's, that's the weird part it wasn't as effective unfortunately oh that that was the weird part <laughs> One of... Kingdom Hearts didn't do it as good as the movie <laughs> I know can you believe it <laughs> that's a great game though I will say yeah, that's a great game um... one of my favorite parts <laughs> about the movie was also the Huns it, um, I mean first of all um, I I don't know I dig villains you know, in many capacities, it's just something that, like, you know, I always want to study motive and everything, but, like, with an army, it's different, and, um, Sean Yu, of course, like, is, is painted to be, like, you know, one of those embodiments of evil, 
and uh, his scream, and I think I think it happened on the mountain. But like, there's this scream that I still have like in my mind of his. That sometimes, like, I feel like I emulate whenever I'm like really, really frustrated. I feel like I just <laughs> he's like my anger <laughs> spirit animal. I let him out a little bit, <laughs> just like a you pull your imaginary jagged sword out and wave it around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which by the your, way is your eagle come down <laughs> is it uh since it's folded is it a stronger sword do you think because i have no idea dude do i look like a like a blacksmith to you oh well i just I happen to know a little sword. bit about that stuff so um so okay i've got a, i got a couple things i'm gonna Go run off really fast so having forgotten most of the film i was wondering like how much violence they would show and i was i was a little bit surprised at um well actually for at first i wasn't because they um they would cut away before anything happened most of the time but then they showed a little bit of blood and i was like oh okay like that's uh, you usually don't see like much blood in like a disney movie yeah there's um it, it's interesting what like what they'll show and what they won't show in there uh such as the burnt down village that they run into yeah. You you don't see yeah, any villagers that are dead there. It's the implication that they're all dead and slaughtered that um sticks to your mind instead of actually showing the dead bodies. And then like you go over the over the little pier and you see all the dead um soldiers out there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that they show the dead soldiers in the armor. It's it's, it's easier to show that, you know. Right. Well, yeah, then showing... then charred burned corpses. Right, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because there, this is this is gonna get like a little bit of history point here. This is one of my points in my notes that actually is a knock against the film. It makes no sense that it's a Hun army that has attacked when it should be the Mongol army that attacks. So yes, two um, totally separate eras. They renamed the Huns. The Huns are actually in Western Europe. Correct, and that's correct. That's because the Huns are the ones that um, that attacked and pillaged the Roman Empire. Yep. The that Mongols are way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um the the mongols are the ones that uh burnt down an entire village killed everybody in there built pyramids out of their skulls because one of the villagers killed the son-in-law of um genghis khan <laughs> like <laughs> these people were psychopaths anyway, yeah why wasn't that in the movie <laughs> it was not the movie i know exactly it's, <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> but no, well, so that, that that's actually a small knockabout against the film However, however, I still appreciate the fact that they came off so viciously, such as the the scene where they they uh, take the two scouts that they found, the two Chinese scouts, and they tell them, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna come after your emperor." That's the message. They both go running off, and then, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, shoot, Shan Shan Yu, yeah, the bad guy. Yep. Yeah, he turns to his guy and he's like, "How many people?" to take to take a to deliver a message and they're like only one you're like oh they killed that guy yep. <laughs> one of those two people the only knock i have on the film is um like uh, you know like there, there were things that just kind of like they, they weren't bad or anything I'll, i mean i'll get to my rating later but like the, the one thing i actually like legitimately rolled my eyes at was um like the ending all the like ancestor ghosts are like fucking dancing like it's the end of a dreamworks movie or something it's not as bad as DreamWorks movie though because it does not last it's as long. It's pretty gratuitous. 
It doesn't last as long, though, so it's, it's all, fine. All, all, like, 30 seconds of it are pretty bad. I just thought of the road to El Dorado and just started giggling like a schoolgirl. That's funny that that's the only thing. I was thinking more of, like, the ending of Shrek. Oh, yeah, like Shrek, worse. Mega Mind, like, all of them end with them fucking dancing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I want all my movies to end is with the nice dance number. Cause what is the best part about that is, is that when little kids hear the, like the song, like the, let's say Madagascar, I want to move it, move it or whatever. They get to go home and all the parents get to hear that song over and over and over. And all the kids at school. Yep. And I feel so bad for those teachers. (laughs) Man, like for, for you say being a public school teacher, isn't that hard, but man, you have to listen to that shit. (laughs) My last notes are um, that, uh, like, with Mushu, uh, his posture and his movements are very, like, they're very funny. Um, And my last thing is that Jeremy Goldsmith's score was a really good choice for this. Um, I actually, I was, like, I was listening to the movie. I I I, I guess I just figured it would be Alan Menken because he does, like, most of the Disney stuff. I I was, like, listening to some of the cues. I was, like, this kind of sounds like Small Soldiers. (laughs) And I look it up, and yeah, it's Jeremy Goldsmith. Or not Jeremy, sorry, Jerry. He's mad at you now. (laughs) I'm sorry, I know you're listening. Um, I guess that brings us to me. I watched Mulan um, a lot more, uh, you know, in my middle school years, like I mentioned. And um, I became more obsessed with Oriental culture because of it. And I think that, for me, it became more of a gimmick film at first, and not so much an art form yet. Uh, so more recently when I watched it, I was able to appreciate it on like multiple levels. Um, the music was, of course, mm-hmm. a huge thing. But um, you'll notice, uh, especially when we talk about the next movie, that the art form that's used like you know, to depict a certain uh, nationality that's being represented differs along with that nationality so like of course you've got your european movies like your snow white and your hunchback of notre dame they differ slightly but then you've got um you know like the smoke in mulan is like you know is like curls and it like i don't know it's like it's different it's got the swirls in it yeah like an actual like chinese painting yeah exactly Yeah. yeah and so i i really dug that i thought that that was something that was you know subtle enough to go unnoticed by people who didn't care but then other people who could like mm-hmm. actually appreciate it can really appreciate it because it's yeah there i, I remember i remember in like liking that uh, that aspect of it i think that's probably my favorite thing about mulan is the art direction in particular mm-hmm. you know what mulan has it's really excellent is look at the crowd scenes in mulan and it doesn't look like much <laughs> like a weird, weird CGI people. <laughs> I think they also. I think by that point they also learned that uh, you don't show them in fucking close-ups. Oh, absolutely. Or yeah, like, no, or, like not, or like anything but a wide shot. Correct. <laughs> that we can also can't see the 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 copy and paste they have going throughout there. Yeah. Well, you can see a little bit of it in in the uh, in the like the. Uh, uh, is, like is when the that, Huns are going down the mountain or whatever. Is that, but like, is that a racist joke there, Tyler, that they all look the same? <laughs> You're the one who brought it up, Chris. Don't they? Uh, so uh, what's what's everyone's Jamie rating? Mulan, I give a 9.9. You know, very, very small flaws, if any. 
and mostly has to do with, you know, just trying to make sure that the plot actually gets pushed along. It doesn't really have an issue with that as far as, like, some of the other movies we've seen. But um, mm-hmm. that would be the only thing for me, so 9.9. Tyler? I'll give it a I'll give it 7 Jamies. And I give it 10. Emperor's New Groove! Emperor's New Groove. Well... I don't remember where I first watched that one at all, actually. I remember eventually owning the VHS tape, and that may have been my first experience with it or not. Um, but I remember it's a very fun movie, and even when I rewatched it with you guys, uh, what was it, like four months ago? And then I rewatched yeah. it, yeah, and I rewatched it um, now, I just realized it's not at all as serious as the rest of them it's it's introspective but in a totally different way one of my notes is that it uh it's way more of a comedy than an adventure film even though it has like that aspect it's like it it's focused on being a comedy yes and um the writing actually really well supports that um Mm -hmm. now to be fair the writing the dialogue is very good yeah the dialogue um I mean, there are certain points where I realize that the writing isn't as good, uh, that certain, like, dialogue bits in particular aren't as good as I thought they were, but, um, overall, it really, really does support the, the comedy thing in general. What about y'all? Like, to talk, to talk about the writing a little bit, um, Thanks, talk like, about your experience. I'll, I'll come back around to it, because okay. <laughs> we're already talking about this. Okay. Um... The movie relies a lot on conveniences, like in the third act, and plays it for comedy. But True. they do it like maybe one too many times. Uh, are you afraid, are you afraid at all to the bit where they get to the lab first? Like, and oh, somehow, how did they get here? And like, then, oh, like, I don't know. The, <laughs> that was yeah, funny. Like, you know, that like it's, it's funny, but then there's like then like right after that, uh, Isma has like the vial or whatever, and uh, like Kronk opens a door. And knocks her down, and it's like, oh, it's like, oh, how did I end up here? That's <laughs> like, hilarious. Okay. Too, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I don't have a problem. <laughs> like they, they did it several times. <laughs> eh, as long, so long as each time was hilarious, which from from you know just just for me at least, I suppose, I I still enjoyed all of it. I I didn't care <laughs> as much. But in, like, in terms of, in terms of dialogue, like I, most of the jokes hit. Um, the ones that like, there are a few that are really cringy, but they're, they're usually like the, I always just remember the trailer for, to get into my, um, my introduction to this movie. Um, uh, the trailer had a bunch of really cringy jokes in it that like, that like tell the entire plot of the movie. Um, so it's a terrible trailer. And I think it was like at the beginning of Toy Story 2 or something like it would play before that. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was how I knew the movie for a long time. I was like, well, I don't want to watch that. That looks fucking stupid. And then I think I saw it, God, I don't know, man, like... And then you met me. Maybe maybe five years ago. And I was like, okay, this is pretty good. I guess and for my experience <laughs> in the movie, um, I kind of have a funny story with it. So I, I honestly don't recall any of the trailers for it, so I can't speak to the good or bad side of the trailer, or trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when I went to go see the movie, uh, the film played out, you know, like normal. And then, so it gets, there's like, there's a big getting part where like, where 
it's um, it's him talking about how his life got destroyed and all that stuff like that. And, you know, here's here's how here's the beginning of it or whatever. And it gets it back up to that point where he's, you know, it's raining. He's really sad because his friend left him, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly the the film skips all the way back to the very beginning of the movie with like the the credits opening and all of that. And we were sitting there in the theater, my parents, myself, and you know a few others, whatever, not realizing for at least a good minute or two that this isn't just a joke that they're playing on the audience. It's literally they messed up in the projection booth <laughs> with the reel of films, I guess, and happened to be at the right exact time for. <laughs> this little bit <laughs> that's awesome and so so that's that's my <laughs> like that's watching. a fucking bold joke it's <laughs> yeah. like it was going on we're like you know it was funny i guess but you know hey can we continue? like do we have to watch the entire first hour <laughs> of the film again <laughs> and finally like, they you know it stopped they said hey sorry guys we're, we're trying to fix it blah blah and now i cannot unremember any of that stuff because it was it was just so it's just so funny to me now <laughs> turns out that um, the first time it was uh, in theaters, it wasn't actually any editing or whatsoever that was doing it, but like just the guys in the back that were like, you know, voicing David Spade and saying, "This is how my life got screwed up." David Spade was the projectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, this is his second best movie after uh, Joe Dirt, of course. I forgot about Joe Dirt. Yo, did you I guys see Joe Dirt too? Joe Dirt. No, I didn't. See it. I got the poo on me. <laughs> It's mustard gas. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know what? Fuck this movie. Let's talk about Joker. No, we're good. Um, no, we're good. No, no. I, no. I really like the part where uh, I, I really like the part of the film where he thinks he's like fucking his sister or something. Are we talking about Emperor's New Groove still? <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Yeah, Crunk and uh, Isma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's fucking his sister, and he says, "Boom, baby." <laughs> but um, yeah. Like in terms of voice cast, like. Really great, really great casting. Most uh, recognizable for sure. Oh yeah, like David Spade did a great job as the lead. Like, um, the villains are great. Everything, ev- everyone is, everyone in is great. You know what's funny is that now because I'm such a big fan now of uh, John Goodman, and I can easily recognize you know Patrick Warburton's voice because it's you know it's it's so distinct. It's the same one, the same one in every show he's in. Yeah. But the the fact is that now I can't watch this movie without immediately thinking of these guys like in the in the voice booth, and I can't, I can't like unsee their faces basically on these characters, and so it kind of has that weird like uh, Hollywood A list issue where you can't not see Tom Cruise. <laughs> I can't those, I can't those not guys, see those guys aren't A listers. I know, but no, I'm saying I'm not saying that it has the same. I, I know what you're saying like, though. Yeah, yeah. It, I can't unsee Patrick Warburton now being crunk. <laughs> just, just speaking of Patrick Warburton really quick, yeah. my my favorite part of the movie is um, reason number two. Look what I can do. Oh, he's got a point. He's got a point there. <laughs> Doing the handstand or whatever. The That's the best joke in the movie. But, but what does that have to do with anything? No, no. He's got a point there. <laughs> The little shoulder angels is perfect. And like talking to them while they're looking at him, like, what, what is he doing? Like, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> that's a heart and that's a dress. Um, my favorite part of the movie is also a cronk moment. Um, I think he's just a really fun character. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, yes, it's a goofy movie, period. But 
I mean, he really is like the funnest and goofiest of the characters. Um, right. And so my favorite part is very, very subtle. Most people don't notice it. And I didn't notice it the first time around for sure. But Kronk is holding the potion as Yzma's talking about it. And, you know, she's just going off wildly about her plans to kill Kuzco. And, and Kronk, like, he's holding it in both of his hands. And he moves his hands around, like, just feeling out the bottle. But the bottle stays floating in midair. As he's like feeling around the oh, bottle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, yeah. I crack up every time. I don't know why. I don't know why that's my favorite bit, but it's just like, I'm just like, there it is, there it is. It's so funny. Because nobody we were, notices. We were praising the dialogue earlier, but this also has some really great visual gags like that one. And they're always like in the background too, like the best ones. Yes. By, by the way, I want to drop a little bit of knowledge on you guys if, before I get too far away from Crunk here. Crunk's New Groove is the best Disney sequel. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. And I know you mentioned it being the best Disney sequel you've ever seen. It somehow they actually made like it it's not like a one that you release in theaters. It's still a very much a T made for TV uh film, but I don't care. I enjoy that movie. <laughs> if it's guilty pleasure or not, I don't care. It's great. <laughs> I think that with that with the writing, since we were talking about, you know, visual gags and the writing and you know, just comedy in general in this movie. I think that, A, the banter was really well-placed. I know you mentioned how line placement was, you know, like a really, really impressive thing in this movie. But Mm -hmm. I also think that some of the, not really references, but more of just, uh, you know, certain colloquialisms that, like, belong in the modern Western world, like, they're much more much more present in this movie than in the others for sure. And in a lot of, yeah, yeah. Like I think this was the start of a trend where we placed a lot more of what we understood in the, like in the speech of the characters that we were watching. Um, was this before or after Shrek? Um, Shrek feels so long I think so Shrek was 2001. Ago. So when Shrek was this? Was t- what's 2001 and Emperor's New Groove was, this was 2000, so it was before Shrek. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Because um, I, I always considered, like, Shrek the beginning of that, like, the pop culture thing in, uh, in, uh, in, a, in a movie like this. Well, sure. Um, I do know that with Emperor's New Groove, like, there, are, uh, one of the examples that I always, like, think of whenever I'm thinking of this exact characteristic of the movie is um, when it's Kronk again, of course. <laughs> but Kronk is... Uh, <laughs> He walks into the kitchen and the guy quits. And so he's like back there and the waitress comes out and like tells him all these things that he needs to make. And he speaks in short order yeah. lingo. It's amazing. It's like, I wouldn't have yeah. thought to do that. I really wouldn't have put that in there. I wouldn't have bothered. I would have just said, got it or whatever. But no, like yeah. they took the time to put that in there just because it really, really fit. And it really made it just that much more of a notch. It, it, it make it works in this movie. Like I feel like if Hunchback tried to do this, like it, it would be really lame, and you'd roll your eyes at it. And but like and like I mean like they did it in Hercules too. Oh where yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. He's got like an action figure or whatever. Like yeah, like and like it, it sucks in Hercules. <laughs> like this movie did it right. I was gonna say um, crap. Oh, 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 we brought up the art direction in Mulan, and I said, oh, we'll talk about it more about the next movie, too. 
And I think it... Oh, great. Well, that's my next next too. Go ahead, David. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you go ahead and start us off then, if you, you've got some too. No, 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 David. You you go right ahead, buddy. I, I appreciate your input. Okay. <laughs> um, that, so, that means he had nothing to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, 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 no um, so I really, really appreciated the ink and imagery in this. Um, and the character design was by far the most extravagant out of the three in more ways than one. I think it was really... It was the most cartoony. Yeah, and it was really unique because not only was it cartoony, but it wasn't like the cartoony where, um, you know, where features are erased for, uh, you know, some sort of simplicity, but like features are really added on. Like you've got people with knobby, oh, yeah. knobby knees, like the old man, and you've got the... Yeah, uh, you've got Isma's like wrinkles like really deep. Like, you know, most old yeah. most old guys and old ladies that are some sort of villain or something, they don't have that many wrinkles, but this one like overdoes it on purpose and I think it's just really oh, yeah. nice how like it still works. Like every single character design has its purpose and it really like speaks to like what that character is. Um I mean, they even make jokes about it in the movie. Kronk is talking about his uh his suit and pant size and he says uh yeah it's a 66 long and uh 31 waist and it's like oh yeah because he's huge on top like you know he has a really skinny waist though yeah exactly so it's perfect um the one like i agree with everything you said um there there, but there's like a couple shots where like human cusco looks like (laughs) dead-eyed and like that's probably like my my like one like art direction like flaw in the movie. His eyes are just too big sometimes. Also, like he's not blinking enough in the back or something. <laughs> yeah, I had an issue like that with one of my ex girlfriends. So she was always dead eyed. Well, too you much know? Like, a, like a cadaver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably because she was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was gonna say that like I I love like all the all the character models. I really like to that. Okay, so we talked about Hunchback, and um, I don't think it's very well appreciated how the uh, how the intro was narrated. You know, I mean, it was oh, yeah, it was just a little bit, but like, yo, know, it really, really made up for a it, lot. It of sums the it up in a song. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's really, really good. I really liked it, and then Emperor's New Groove comes along. And it's self-narrated, and it's, like, at intervals. And it was it was really, really involving for me. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know that Hunchback would have been able to pull it. You know, like, one of the gargoyles comes yeah. up and, Hey, so... <laughs> <laughs> I want to see why my life is This is a story up. about Quasi, not, uh, not Phoebus. <laughs> this guy, not this guy. <laughs> What a guy he is! Fuck you. <laughs> um, oh, I have I have one more one more little note. Sure. Uh, in Isma's lab, when the soldiers, um, are like are coming in, I love the use of blue in there. It looks like it. It's so uh like mood setting. It's uh actually you feel like oh no that you know this is like this is. What's gonna happen to these characters? Yeah, like and the, the blues and, the, and reds kind of clashing together. Yeah, yeah. That, lo- that looks great. I love like the you know the paint on the like half 
one color, half the other color. I agree. Yeah, and then they get that little joke in there where they all, where like the, the soldiers turn into animals and one of them turns into a cow. And he's like, um, I was I'm turned like, into a cow. Can I leave? Can yes, I you may. You're excused. Now? Anybody else? No, no, we're good. Um, so. <laughs> and then they all die down the nose. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I was just going to say with the colors in particular, this movie, really, really great at um, keeping a really distant and abstract art direction in a lot of scenes for that reason you know so that color can set the mood more than anything else whereas like uh yeah you know the the more detail oriented direction of something like hunchback i mean like they still use color but in a very different way and it wasn't meant to be abstract it was meant to like you know um envelop the characters whereas this it's like you know it's kind of a a blank screen that the characters are you know, like running in on, and it's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, David, what is your your Jamie rating for this for this film? Oh, it's a complete ten for me. This one. Man. All right, Tyler, what's your what's your Jamie? I'm gonna give it uh, seven point five Jamies. Dear God. I know he keeps giving all of our movies seven. It's so mean. I I will give it. An <laughs> I eight. like this one more than Mulan. I gave this a eight point five. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's oh, our what, next? Not what? a 10, Chris? No. Nah. Nah. Oh, man. What an asshole. Am I right, David? I know. I know, right? Dumb movie. <laughs> so, eight, yeah. Eight. Uh, David, what's our next podcast? Yeah, David, what's our next podcast? <laughs> I think our next podcast will have to be about uh, The Little Mermaid, The Little Mermaid 2, and the third one, which has yet to come out, but we'll do a review on it anyway. The live action one? <laughs> yes. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't think about that actually. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, that's coming next week. Yep. <laughs> Look out for it. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being on, David. Uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch y'all later. You bet. Thanks for having me. See y'all. listening to the illumination cinema movie podcast if you enjoy the show be sure to leave a review and subscribe on itunes or google play for updates on this show and their other projects get your parents permission to go to illuminationcinema.com When you listen no, to it dur- during the morning, <laughs> I, th- I thought I'm sorry. I thought that was the end of your point. Wh- wh- no, when I you listen a, to I it, have, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, David, speak. When, when you speak, do David, listen speak. to it, uh, it gets stupider now because it was going to be a really quick joke. But um, do you do you put on beads of jade for beauty and like prepare yourself with a cricket so that you can go meet your matchmaker? <laughs>